here people need to kind of um, belong before they believe, as, a, as opposed to, I think in America we're often, we believe and then belong, or maybe we, you know, belong in different things, kind of in and out, and then believe. But but I think in Spain, for the, our, our, where we've seen a lot of people become Christians is they got involved in a, in a community, made friends, basically felt like they could trust uh, what these people were saying and how they were living their life. And then they'll take, they'll start investigating and really looking at it seriously. Welcome to Listener. I'm your host, Sam Holland. Today, for the very first time, Listener goes international. Our episode features Garrick Rogner, Spain's national campus co-director. Enjoy the show. You're the first Listener overseas interview. Oh, cool. That's kind of exciting. Awesome. Yeah, that is. I'm honored. Wow. We're do- Yeah, this is like nine, nine time zones, I think. I know. Well, it just was so funny when I first emailed you asking for an interview and you said, how about 10 p.m. my time? And I said, I mean, I could work around your schedule because I have never been to Spain and I forgot uh-huh. about siesta culture. Yes. Yeah. Tell me more about yeah. siesta culture. Well, we just had dinner at... Mm, like nine or maybe maybe eight thirty, eight thirty tonight so sometimes nine o'clock is like dinner but it could even be later for a lot of spaniards so everything everything's later uh you maybe school starts at nine for kids uh-huh work is nine thirty. uh a lot of most of the stores don't open until 10 a.m uh and so you go to two so our kids go to school from nine to two and then from two to five you have like um lunch basically and or it, a break. an actual nap because if so how can i get this adopted yeah. in the united states <laughs> it's not a bad thing because some people do take a nap or at least a rest and then you go back to work at from five to eight the kids are usually done uh although in some places in spain they go back to school later um so uh yeah so from five to eight you work some more and then dinner is after that and you stay up stay up quite late People here, like when people, like when we talk to, uh, tell people here about what our schedule is in America or what people do in America and and like when you eat lunch and when you eat dinner and stuff like that, they kind of, they kind of freak out. They're like, well, well, that's incredible. How can you do that? How can you live like that? (laughs) We can't. um, (laughs) We're dying over here. No, I really, (laughs) I am on a bit of a siesta schedule only because I have three kids in school. I work when they're at school between nine and three and when uh-huh. they get home, we turn on Little House on the Prairie. It airs here at three o'clock every day, and we sit there and watch it. And I usually doze off because that's not, it yeah. feels like the natural rhythm of life. And somehow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spain has it figured we're, out, we're, and we're, we're doing it well. Yeah, and you know, if you taking a fifteen minute nap is is actually pretty nice. You can you know right. you get a little rest and, and kind of refreshed, and then you need a coffee, mm-hmm. and then you're back back yeah. ready to go. The power <laughs> nap. I learned you're supposed to hold. Sit fairly upright, hold a pen or pencil, and uh-huh. once your hand relaxes to the point where you drop the pen or pencil, then uh-huh. it's been enough time for you to nap. Have you heard uh-huh. this? <laughs> no, wow, that's really. I, I need to keep some. It's pretty scientific. Think about that. Yeah, to have just have something holding on to, and then yeah. then you know you've gotten your 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 rest. I guess. Yes. Well, we actually had an exchange student from the Basque country 
Oh, uh-huh. Two years ago, come and live with us for a month through a program called Summer in the USA, uh-huh. which focuses exclusively on the Basque country because it's supposedly so unchurched or has one of those really mm-hmm, high, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, no, there's like mm-hmm. zero known Christians or something like that. So I know that's not, mm-hmm. I know it's separate from Spain, but it's, have you been there? Does yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there a, a bit. Uh, it's really, so it's, it's a, so Spain has like, Spain is really many countries. Uh, there's, there's like kind of central, like what you would think of as Spain, right? And then there's Galicia, which is the northwestern corner, and they speak Galician there. Oh. And then you have, yeah, I speak a different language. I mean, everyone speaks Spanish, but then there's also these other languages. And then Catalonia, which is where Barcelona is, and they speak Catalan there. And then the Basque country, which is Basque. Uh, they speak Basque. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And actually, I've heard of that program, I think, Um because uh, there's um, – well, I've just – I've ran into people who uh, um, who are familiar with it and have known students who have gone there and come back. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, yeah. So, I, I, we actually were up there uh, as a national team not too long ago visiting with a pastor and some, some other missionaries that are up there. Um, but it's a little bit it's, – it's, it's re- well, it's really beautiful. It's amazingly beautiful place in Spain. And the food is really good too. Mm. They're known for their their food mm-hmm. in, in the Basque country. So, so what um, what was her name? It was actually his name was oh his yeah. Uh, it's spelled J O A N E S, and it's like Giannis or Ioannis. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I I never actually he would laugh at me because I never I was so ridiculous like never yeah. actually being able to pronounce his name, but trying uh-huh. so hard, and he was just like, oh, it's really uh-huh, funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, Basques, Basque names are kind of are very different. Like in Spain, people automatically know someone's Basques by their name. Really? And then they have the language they have speak isn't related to like Latin languages. It's isn't it's, it one of the most still, ancient languages? Yeah, that's what they say. They don't really know um, where it came from. Actually, right. so it's yeah, it's a really it's, it's it's a really interesting culture. And there's still a lot of overlap with Spain and Spanish things, uh, but it's it's still very different yeah yeah well it's a very good chance to go you should go it's really cool part of of europe the basque country well and we um of course downloaded the jesus film app on our phones Mm -hmm. and that they have it in the basque language and Mm -hmm. he he was kind of astonished that we had a movie in his language he was like (laughs) yeah yeah. wow and it doesn't sound like spanish no it doesn't at all and it doesn't look like spanish uh, it's, 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 it's different. Uh-huh. And, but that's really, I mean, that's really, it's a big deal for them because they're obviously language is important and their culture is important. Mm-hmm. And so having something in their language, cause it's kind can kind of be kind of be a political issue in Spain, what language you speak. Cause you know, they had the, especially the Basque country for a long time. They had a, that terrorist organization, the ETA or ETA, which um, was trying to, well, push for an independent country from uh, separate from mm. Spain, but they were the they used a lot of a lot of violence and um, during the eighties nineties and up until just a few years ago they were still uh, doing some pretty bad stuff and they, uh, but they just a few months ago fully disbanded they finally said we're done um, so hopefully that's a good thing hopefully there'll be peace because it had kind of been a shadow over a lot of the Basque country. Um, uh, 
so so hopefully it's it's the end of that and but but I think Basque people because of that because a lot of people don't know about their their country or their culture and definitely not their language that to have something like that is kind of would be very uh, astonishing for him but also kind of it would be really cool because to, to to know that like even the Jesus film being translated in Basque is mm-hmm. is a, it's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. I, this is the first time we've met, obviously, you and I. Yeah, yeah. Hot, nice to meet you virtually. I, yes. I don't know a lot about you. I don't know your story or how you came mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. be in Spain or work for Crew. So I just love, we would love to hear more about your story. Yeah, sure. Of course. Uh, so um, I grew up uh, in an oil family. So we moved a lot. Um, and I ended up settling in um, in Texas and went to Southern Methodist University in in, in Dallas um, and that's where I met my wife uh, that's where uh, I kind of had a pretty significant experience uh, or, or commitment decision to com- uh, commit to following Christ and and also uh, be a part of fulfilling the Great Commission and that was through crew that was through through a guy named Jim Kessler I don't know if you ever met Jim Mm-mm. he's him and his wife uh, were in Croatia for a long time and now they're in Budapest um, I, I don't have a lot of contact with Jim anymore but uh, through him I ended up going on a stint to Estonia in 1996 mm. uh, which is which is about as culturally and uh, climate-wise as different from Spain as you can get. Oh, um, in what ways? Well, it's cold, and then uh, it's very cold. It's up in you know just south of Finland. Oh, okay. Um, and and then and then culturally, it's just different because you know Spain is uh, Spain is a big party all the time, and Estonia Estonians are amazing people, but they're very uh, quiet and serious. Uh, usually, um, that's mm. kind of their the cultural norm. Uh, so I spent a year there, uh, right after college and fell in love with the idea of, of doing missions and, and helping people, uh, know about Jesus, um, and, and living cross-culturally, I think. Um, so came back to Dallas. I just did a stint. I didn't go on staff and came back to Dallas, uh, got married to my wife who's, who's from Dallas. Um, and we met, we had met at SMU, um, and uh, and then I went to seminary. I went to Dallas Seminary for four years and got a THM, knowing that I wanted to do something in 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 missions, but not not necessarily sure what at the time. And my wife uh, Ziu, she was working for Accenture for a while, and then kind of got a, an offer to work at our, our church as director of evangelism and outreach. And so, God seemed to be kind of moving us, more, you know, both towards ministry at the time. So we. Uh, I graduated and we were praying and, and trying to figure out what we would do next. And, um, one, uh, I, I always go, would go and meet with missionaries or talk to missionaries and say, what, and how do you decide where to end up or where to go or who to go with? How do you decide that? And everyone kind of always said, you know, where you go isn't, isn't super important, but who you go with is really a, a big deal. And so you need to be in an, an organization that you believe in, that you feel you fit in, um, and, uh, and so as we were praying through that, just still having a lot of contacts and crew, uh, and, um, yeah, we, you know, we just had a lot of good experiences with crew and, uh, a lot of friends and, um, yeah, yeah we'd supported people for a long time. So, uh, as, as we talked through the options and that just seemed to be a good place for us to land. 
and then so mid career, you came on yeah, mid career. We yeah, yeah, we we came. Well, we we did stint. We uh, we were thirty years old with a or thirty one with a one year old, and we did two years of stint in Spain. Okay. Um. Yeah, and then we just never came back <laughs> from, from the state. So that was thir- it was thirteen one years big ago. Party, and they were taking <laughs> naps. It was like yes, it was. Dallas has the nothing food's on good. This. It's it's nice weather. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we, we, we felt really called also to Europe uh, originally and then kind of, you know, obviously got pulled into Spain because of the just the need for, uh, you know, evangelism, the need for creative um, expressions of the gospel, trying to help. Because it's, it's, you know, Spain is evangelical population now is 1%. It's growing. But when we came, it was 0.5% of the population. So uh, most people have never met a uh, an evangelical Christian. Uh, Catholic, you know, is a very Catholic country, so, sure. but only about twenty percent consider themselves practicing Catholics. Okay. So s- another sixty percent w- would say, "Well, I'm Catholic, but I don't practice. I, I'm not. I'm not serious about it, or I, or I don't believe what uh, the church says, or what or what Christianity really says." But I, I I'm, I'm a Catholic. And then another, you know, twenty or thirty percent are atheists or agnostics. So um, we kind of felt like there was a, there was a need here um, that that we kind of felt maybe we could be a part of helping. Yeah, and that was 13, 13 years ago. We moved to Spain, almost thirteen years exactly. So. And now you're living in Granada, is that right? Living in you're, Granada, yeah. You're the national campus co-director. Yeah, my wife and I we lead the the app. Uh, oh, she's your co-director. Campus. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we work together. One of the really cool things about Spain uh, is that all the families are dual income, um, and so that had translated over into the national ministry as well. So, for instance, our national director for the whole country is a guy named Nacho Marquez, and his wife is also the director of operations. Uh, so, but part of it is you know we we have about sixty staff, um, and most are national. Part of it is we don't we you know we we have a lot we're kind of a size a country size that is significant you know for Europe but we're we're not quite there yet manpower to kind of run and do everything we need to do but we're not small enough to let things just kind of slide or not not worry about certain things so so you um, mean we also when you sorry when you said mm-hmm. um, sixty. You either said sixty or sixty percent are national. Do you mean Spanish nationals? Yeah, well, six. We have about well, we have about sixty staff. I would say the majority are nationals. Yeah, but that's but in campus staff we have about fourteen staff. So we have here we have campus staff. We have um, Shine, which is high school ministry. We have Family Life, Athletes in Action, uh, Gain, uh, Gain Spain is what it's called. Then we have. we, I don't know if you ever heard of La Fuente de Peregrino or the the Pilgrim's Fountain Ministry on the the Camino de Santiago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have that, and then we also we have a few other ministries that are more um, has just kind of grown out of of Spain themselves. Um, cool. So there's so. actually a crew ministry on the Camino del Santiago. Yes, there is. Yeah, we have a. Um, a house. We we we. Uh, it's basically an albergue, so like a, a hostel where pilgrims can stay, and uh, they they can stay for free uh, for the night. They have there's a free dinner, a breakfast, and then we we actually show the Jesus film every day, 
And it's one of the few places in Europe where you can show the Jesus film and people actually will sit down and, and watch it and <laughs> really get into it. Is it because, because they're yeah, tired? Because, <laughs> well, no, it's because I think they're, um, you know, you're walking. Some people are walking for a month by the time they get to where we're at uh, or where Agape uh, Crew, Crew Spain has their um, the, this house. So, um, and they've been kind of contemplating life and they've it'd been on this kind of spiritual journey, even though maybe they didn't think it was going to be a spiritual journey. And so they're just a lot, people are a lot more open. Europeans are not generally super open, but on the community of Santiago, uh, God seems to be doing something in people's lives. And um, there are people it's, it's, from all over the world? All over the world. Yeah. Um, you know, about when I first started going up there, uh, in about 10 years ago, it was mainly French, Germans, Spaniards, a lot of Spaniards, Italians, and Irish. And now uh, it has become this kind of phenomenon. So there's people, Koreans, Japanese, Chinese, South Africans, tons of Americans now. Um, and so it's just an amazing – so I, I would say it's not – it's really become a global ministry because we have the opportunity to share the gospel with people from all over the world and, uh, and make an impact in their lives and – and and it's just really it's really simple things. Hospitality. It's it's mm. sitting down with somebody, serving them a meal, taking care of them, listening to their stories, and asking them questions. And 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 it's 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 really interesting. You, you gotta you kind of have to experience it to really grasp it all. But mm-hmm. it's a really cool. And we we take students there on uh, on summer projects. Um, it's a great experience. We used to do our new staff training there, which was really cool. Um, on the trail or at this house. At this house, at this house, because it was such a way to, you know, in one week there, you can have so many more spiritual conversations that maybe during the regular year are just kind of really difficult to, to get very far. That is fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had no idea. Well, and Garrick, didn't you do your dissertation on pilgrimage? Yeah, I did. So that's right. So actually, I, I, I uh, graduated from Portland Seminary. Uh, George Fox. Which George Fox? Yes, yes George Fox. Yes, is in my backyard. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So I did a doctor of ministry there. Um, I finished up three years ago. I never went there because it was a it was a mm-hmm. kind of a program where we met in different locations, and so right. we never had to go to to go to the actual seminary uh, or the the physical campus. I, and I was unable to go to graduation, so it was, it was kind of a bummer. So I, st- I still need to go and visit George Fox and, and Portland Seminary sometime. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did write my, my dissertation kind of on pilgrimage and uh, how that ties into to reaching Spanish university students and, mm. and, and those things, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I glanced at your dissertation, and I noticed the very first thing on the first page, the dedication is – Baby, 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 light my way. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this guy must be approximately my age because uh-huh. <laughs> I get the U2 reference. <laughs> yes, Octung Baby, 1992, <laughs> I think. Was the, yes, I'm a, a huge U2 fan. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah, mm-hmm. a huge U2 fan. Yes. Yeah, we are too. <laughs> we saw them on the Joshua Tree Tour last year oh, in Seattle. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm so jealous. Yeah, it was great. That yeah, we were they so this year, you know, we we're trying to go see them, but we're we've been kind of going back and forth, the from between Dallas and and Spain, and so this last year when we were in Dallas, they were in Spain, and when we were in oh, Spain, they were in Dallas. So no. we missed them. 
Yeah, but we got to see them. So the, when they, they were doing the Songs of Innocence, we saw them in Barcelona, uh, oh. which was a lot of fun. It was it was it was great. So that is epic. Mm-hmm. So also good good thing to if you if you do need a nap. I recommend just opening up my dissertation, oh, reading, okay. reading, reading a few any, paragraphs, reading a few paragraphs, and yeah, yeah, and you'll get it. You'll 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 be out. You'll be out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think the subject matter is is really intriguing, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, so I assume at that point you had done the pilgrimage yourself at least once. Yes or no? Yeah. I did, yeah. Um, so our family, we usually go up there every summer and work in the house for at least a week, either bringing students or a uh, church group or uh, just, you know, it's a great way to do mission uh, in, in Europe and in Spanish context. And then I walked the Camino as part of actually research, my field research. Uh, I didn't do, you know, the month thing, but I did I did a week with my, actually did with my daughter. She was nine at the time. She had wanted to go do it, so we walked it uh, together um, one week, and that was that was a blast. We had a great time. So I'm looking at in workplace right now, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm viewing a post that you posted to the Wire, which I don't know what that group is. <laughs> what is that group? What? How am I seeing that? <laughs> but it says that yeah. <laughs> what is that group? So yeah, that's an interesting group. I. I uh, it was, I think it was kind of a joke originally, not, not the group, but the, the idea of the wire, but the group. So, uh, so, you know, Barrett Harkins, mm-hmm. um, I know okay, him so virtually only. Okay. You know, Barrett virtually. So Barrett's, he, he does campus ministry and Sweden and then Mike Schatzman, uh, who, uh, in Portugal is him and his wife are doing campus ministry. And then Joe Schley, who, uh, is the city director for Paris, I believe is what his current title is. So we, we just are, have been friends for a long time and have been kind of going through the, the regular, uh, ups and downs of, of, of ministry in Europe and the, the good things about it, the bad things, but, uh, we've, we, you know, and having all been over here for a while now and had varying degrees of success and utter failure, we, uh, we've just, we've been talking a lot about, well, how, you know, how can we continue to foster conversations about doing ministry, uh, doing evangelism, discipleship in difficult contexts. And, uh, so I think Mike started the group and the idea of the wire came from the TV show, the wire. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I'm uh, not familiar with it. Yeah, and a lot of people aren't. It, so it's maybe not the best. It was, it was kind all of a tongue in cheek. in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if everyone's seen it, but it, the the show's about uh, it's it's kind of focused on like investigating and trying to you know come up with better ways of doing things okay. a, a little bit. I mean, it's it's a cop show, but um, so that's where the idea came. I think came from. Was, but the, but the idea of the group is to have a conversation with people. I think. Um, about places that are difficult or where we feel like the gospel is kind of hitting hard ground part. I think principally the idea is, you know, kind of Western, uh, postmodern contexts, uh, that, so that, that was kind of the idea of starting that group. So the wire may not have been the best choice of, of names, but, but you know, (laughs) yeah, no, I get it now. It makes sense. So what are the good and the bad things about doing ministry in Europe? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, You mentioned mm -hmm. that you guys talk about that. I think uh, I mean there's there's a lot I, you know the hard things that are uh, it's a you know it's post-Christian 
uh, or going post-Christian. So you have people who think that they understand Christianity because they maybe grew up in it or there's a sense of, well, my grandmother did that or my parents did that, but I, we've moved on. So there's, there's that, that's difficult. Um, you know, the postmodern context of, of it's very hard to land on any type of truth or any, uh, clarity. Um, and, and then the fact that the, the church has been here a long time and is perceived to have done a lot of bad things, whether that's true or not, the perception is often that, you know, the church or whatever that is Christianity. Um, and I'm speaking, you know, mainly from my experience in Spain, uh, so I, I want to be careful because that may not be necessarily the case in every every place in Western Europe. Mm-hmm. But in Spain, there's definitely a sense of well, Catholicism has has not been positive, and so, and and because Catholicism is what most people know as Christianity, there's never been much diversity uh, of churches or expressions um, of Christianity. That's the Christianity is Catholicism. Catholicism is Christianity. Um, they're they're the same thing. I think the. Uh, the good is I, I do I, I still think there's a lot of opportunity. Um, the fact that ca- there's a Catholic culture here, and that there are Catholic believers or people who are are concerned about following Jesus from that context that's a that's a great opportunity. Uh, I think also um, what's interesting or I, I kind of have enjoyed is that people who become Christians they don't know what they're supposed to do or not do or say or not say. Um, so I think it's very interesting. It's, it's almost like when you read Paul and Paul's, you know, in, in the new Testament saying, don't do this or don't do that for us. have grown up in very maybe evangelical or Protestant, you know, Amer- America where it's very, you know, when you want to say church haunted, we, we, we know what we're not supposed to talk about or not supposed to do. Um, and so what happens here is you get people who, trust Christ and get really excited about Jesus, but they've still got all this baggage in their life. And, and so, or maybe not even baggage, but just different thing, uh, thoughts about what is right or what's wrong or what Christianity is. So it's a lot of, uh, discipleship, but in that is there's a real, a real, I think, freshness and openness. Cause they don't, they're, they're not kind of, I don't, I don't, I think they don't have the Christian just, subculture that's just there exactly, that they're exactly. aware of. And then all of a sudden they're a part of it, but they're, am I really a part of this? Is this, is this part mm. of it? Yeah. 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 That must be so, freeing. Yeah. So I think it's, it's interesting. Sometimes it, it gets a little messy, but it's, uh, but it's, it's very interesting. And I think just particularly in Spain, uh, people are amazing people here. They love to hang out and talk, and, and they're very social and not afraid to, to um, you know, have interesting conversations and debate and and you know, uh, yell at each other and still have a great time. And so I think um, that that's another you know a, a positive about here. It's easy to make friends. It's easy to to kind of blend in and be a part of people's lives. Um, and at least I think in Southern Europe. Um, that would be more the case, but, uh, yeah. And I, I do, and I think it's interesting though, that, like I said, I think Catholicism, you know, some people might see it or the Catholic church is kind of a barrier or a problem, but I, I think it's really an opportunity because you do have all this imagery. You have all this history, that uh, tradition that, uh, you know, one hand people want to, want to reject, but on the other hand is, is there's a lot of beauty and, and thoughtfulness there and that you can help point people um, to Christ through some of that there, you know, there's still this kind of imprint, of, of God kind of in the culture. And so it's not, um, so it's interesting that that'll be the question is, will that grow or will that diminish more? Um, we don't know. 
there's a lot of Catholic women who come to my Bible mm-hmm. study at church, mm-hmm. and they just have never done a Bible study before. Yeah, yeah exactly. But the, yeah. the belief is there, and the desire yeah. is there, yeah. um, but they've, they've never d- done a Bible study, and, and they've never yeah. really prayed. It's, yeah. it's been a corporate experience of God for them. But it's still, like you said, it's sometimes just having had that corporate experience of God sets them up well then for yeah. when it becomes more personal. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, but it's interesting what you say about the Bible, because yeah, that's something a lot of Catholics have, you know, or even, uh, you know, nominal or non-practicing Catholics, they, they don't know how to kind of attack the Bible or how to, what to do with it or the, the questions. The, you know, one time we, this guy, he became a Christian, uh, a real, real earnest, serious guy, really nice guy. And then we were, we were doing uh, a Bible study with him on just trying to focus him on Jesus. Like who is Jesus? What, what, what does it mean to follow Jesus? And, uh, I remember after we'd done three or four studies with him, he was, he stopped us and he said, me and this other guy, Sam, uh, the Spanish guy, he said, I want to ask you guys something, but I'm scared to ask it. And so I was like, okay, well, no, you can ask any question. We're, we're your friends. We're, you know, you can trust us. It's not a problem. And he goes, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to ask it. And I was thinking, okay, this would be about sex or some, you know, something really kind of deep, you know, that he's embarrassed. So, so I'm kind of bracing myself for the worst. And he goes, what do you guys think about all the jewels the Pope has? <laughs> and, you know, so I'm like, okay, that was, that was when I realized, okay, they're coming at everything from a different angle. And what he was concerned was the riches and the wealth. How does he, how do we deal with that if we're going to really follow Jesus? And I had never thought of that question. I wouldn't, that had never entered my, my mind. And so every once in a while we get those questions, you know, mm-hmm. what do you, well, what about this? And we're like, gosh, I, you know, that, but that's deeply rooted in, in, in how people think and see things, uh, particularly in Spain. So it just, it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So what is the coolest thing that you've seen happen or heard about that's happening in Spain right now? Oh man, there's, I think there's, there's a lot of cool stuff happening in Spain <clears throat> right now. I think, I, I, I think more and more God is opening doors, uh, that there's a, there's a bigger hunger, a greater hunger, uh, for, for spiritual things and for, for Christianity and for Jesus, uh, right now than we've ever seen. So maybe, you know, when we first got here 13 years ago, even 10 years ago, eight years ago, just sitting down with someone and going, Hey, you want to talk about Jesus would be, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, I don't want to talk about that. Or number two, we don't, um, not interested in that or I'm Catholic and I'm not, but I don't practice. So I've already got that covered. It's just, let's not talk about that. It's a taboo. And so that's totally changed. Um, I think there's a lot going on in the Catholic church too. There's some, uh, there's some renewal movements going on that are really exciting. And is that because uh, of the most recent Pope? I, I don't know. I think it's helped a little bit. I, mean, I think actually the past popes too had really started pushing for you know. Th- th- there's this kind of awareness of like well, most people don't aren't aren't following Jesus in or aren't Christians. They might be going to church, and they might we, they might be on the rolls, right? We might have them ticked off as a Catholic, but they're not. They don't believe, and so I think that. Uh, woke some people up to like we need to push for something, um, but I but I think what you're yeah you're seeing is that even even 
so what we're seeing more and more is Catholics, priests, or organizations, or communities who are open to working with us. Really? Um, and yeah, and really want to work with us and and see us more and more as brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, who want to who can can help each other as opposed to maybe an enemy or, or something to be afraid of. Um, in the past, that would I think there was more of like fear uh, of of each other. So that's that's exciting. What is a way that that partnering, do you mm-hmm. have a story you could tell about how, where yeah. you've seen that specific partnering? Sure. So, okay. So this is, I think this is a good story. So there was, there's a, there's a Catholic community here in, in Granada called Fe Evita, which means faith and life. And they kind of do their own thing. They're not, so they're, they're not really a part of a parish or I don't, they don't really have a priest, um, and they should actually meet in a locale, like, a, sorry, I'm starting to kind of use Spanish words, like a storefront. So they look like a regular church and you go in and the walls are painted nice and they have like, it doesn't look anything Catholic at all. And they do, they do Hillsong church songs and worship. And so over time we've gotten to know them because they're just really great people, really nice. Uh, their story was, it was, it started out as just a cu- couple of faint friends and family who just started praying for their friends and their friends started becoming Christians, and so they've just kind of grown this little community, and then they tied into a bigger kind of network of kind of churches or movements like that. So and they're we've nationals. Gotten to know, what's that? They're nationals? Yeah, they're all Spanish okay. nationals, uh-huh. yeah. And so, so it's, it's very Spanish movement. It doesn't it didn't come from outside. Uh, although they're very interested. They send people to, like, alpha courses and trainings. They send people to Saddleback and... So, so anyway, we, we've gotten to know them and we got to know the, the guy, the, the national leader, because uh, they have several, I think they're in six or seven cities. Well, anyway, through that, in uh, Agape, which crew in Spain, uh, they, they, this Catholic group has an ev- ev- evangelism conference every summer. And so two summers ago, they invited a bunch of our Spanish staff to go and, and give seminars and talks on, on evangelism and how to do it. So something like that would be, I think, um, a place where God has opened some doors, allowed some collaboration, um, and, and some, some kind of, yeah, some, some interesting, interesting things. Yeah. Um, because I think, I think historically a Catholic group asking, you know, uh, three or four, you know, evangelical leaders from a, you know, a Christian mission organization to come and speak at, at their conference would be, you know, be kind of, it's probably groundbreaking. There's, you know, there's probably some, some people from the Reformation and the Counter-Reformation, like they're, they're spinning in their graves right now. Uh, so. <laughs> well, what has been hard recently? I mean, you you have said, you know, generally what's hard about doing ministry there? Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think there's always a sense of like kind of you know maybe two steps forward, one step back. Um, you know, God's the campus ministry in Spain. God's really grown uh, over the last you know eight years. Um, so we were so maybe eight years ago we, we were kind of down. We were just four staff, my wife and I, and then two two Spanish uh, staff, and then but God's grown that now, and we were just in maybe two cities. And now we're in, we're in, you know, Valencia, Granada, Malaga, Madrid, kind of starting something in Sevilla, something in Barcelona. And then, and so we're seeing growth. So that's, that's been really exciting to see growth, to see students. 
become leaders and share their faith. We're starting to see students sharing faith with somebody and those people becoming Christian. And then those people, which before we never saw that. I don't, well, I don't want to say we never saw it, but I never saw that in Spain. Uh, I never had seen that, experienced that. So that's exciting. But I think what, what is tricky is it takes, it takes people a long time to get to that point. So it's a six month to a year to tier process. So then what happens is you, you put a lot of time into people and they, they grow or maybe they don't grow. Maybe, you know, they don't, they don't go anywhere, but then they leave, but you know, cause campus ministry is very ephemeral. Uh, and so I feel like that's a big challenge of like, Oh man, we just got to this point with this person and now they're, they're leaving or, um, they're, they're going on with their life. Um, and I, and I do think still, there's still a bit of cultural pressure to not follow Jesus or not a bit, I would say a lot. Um, it can be uh, it can be tricky. Uh, you know, my national our national director for for Spain is Nacho Marquez. He became a Christian in Portland, Oregon. He became a Christian in Portland. What? He went. He, yes, that's How? crazy. Isn't that, that crazy? The Spanish guy. Yeah, that yeah. Is crazy. So it's a very cool story. He he went there as a 16 year old on like a year long uh, exchange program, and ended up living with a Christian family. Became a Christian. When he came back, he, he, you know, his parents were like, what? You know, they couldn't believe it. And, and so he had to even, like, he would go to church, but his parents were like, where are you going? He goes, oh, I'm going to go hang out with friends. He, he had to keep it hidden for, yeah. for a while that he was wow. a, a believer. So that's, I think that's still for a lot of, a lot of Spaniards, uh, it can be uh, tricky to, to make a commitment to Jesus that, that changes your life, you know, um, and, and, and makes a difference. And so we see that as a, a struggle for, for, for a lot of them. So, uh, so I think that's, that's, that's hard. That's can be discouraging sometimes. And then just, there's not, you know, there, we're not a lot of people, you know, the average church size, evangelical church size is about 50 people. Um, so, you know, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, when we ever go, when we go back to the States, we're always, always just blown away by the, the resources, the, the churches, you know, it's, I mean, the churches are, I mean, our church in Dallas is, is just an amazing church, but there's like eight guys and girls who preach and teach amazingly. You, you know, I mean, they're just, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. I haven't heard, you know, and my, the, our pastor here in, in, in Granada is really good, but, um, uh, it just, there's not that, that kind of level of quality across the board in every place. So that, that's hard too. It's hard to get good, good teaching and good teaching to, to students as well and, and good theology and, um. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, we're kind of starting things up. Um, and so, you know, we just don't have the, uh, maybe always the time. Though, as, and I'm not just us, the, the entire kind of evangelical, you know, Christian movement here is, is it's new. It's, mm. it's only been around for, you know, 40 or 50 years in some sense. So, mm-hmm. so how does it work when you're thinking about, I mean, you alluded to this earlier, ter- mm-hmm. how long will non-nationals be running a ministry like that? Is there a certain threshold that you get to, or is that just taken on case by case? Mm -hmm. I think so. I mean, I think, you know, if you're, um, you know, I think for us, we always want to make sure we're contributing and not, not getting in the way, uh, not, not making people's lives miserable. Um, so I think, uh, you know, that, that there's always a time for that. I think, you do see some people are able to kind of really uh, become accepted and really a part of what's going on to the point where 
not being a national does isn't isn't so important anymore. I think um, one of the, one of the nice things about Spain is you can blend in uh, here. You know, it's it's on one hand, uh, you know, for the most part, everyone kind of kind of looks generally Western European, but also. Uh, it's a pretty diverse country too. So, and more and more, uh, you know, the Latino population is growing. So from immigration, um, so, you know, now there's like in Spain, you have second or third generation Latinos who are considered, consider themselves Spanish and, and even in a growing African population. So Spain is becoming much more diverse. So Hmm. fitting in here, fitting in here, especially among college students is pretty easy. Is there an expat community there that you're a part of or that your kids are? Okay. Well, a little bit. There's there's some other missionary families with other organizations um, that we kind of hang out, which helps a lot because you're kind of all going through some of the same stuff or same challenges, and you can kind of learn from each other. Um, so that's kind of who we would sit, hang out with who are non non Spanish. But otherwise, uh, we're it's pretty much like I said. It's, it's I think it's a real easy country to kind of blend into, uh, because people, people are friendly, they're social, they want to, Spaniards are very helpful. They're, they're, it's a country of people who really want to, want to help. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't just want to say they're super hospitable, but they're, they're very helpful and they're very available and relational. And so that makes it, um, cause at, at the end of the day, even when things aren't going well, you can still make friends and you can still kind of have a, have a connection to people, um, which it may be in other contexts would be a little bit more difficult. It's funny that you say not necessarily hospitable. And I don't know how different the Basque country is from where you are mm-hmm. in Granada, but Ioannis was at the end of the summer, we sort of, you know, debriefed with him. What was it like? And what were your favorite things? And one of his favorite things was that we would have family friends over to our home for dinner mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, he said, mm-hmm. yeah. we don't do that. He said, no, if we're no, going to, no. we'll go out and meet people somewhere. Yep. We don't have people over in our home. And he really liked exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. That was something we learned early on because we were, you know, we're, we came in very much thinking about how we'd, we'd seen campus ministry done, uh, not necessarily with crew, but in our church where it was very much, you know, someone opened their home up and had students in and that stuff just happened in our, in, in someone's home. Uh, or, you know, my wife's very hospitable. She loves to have people in the house and, and cook and do all that stuff. Uh, and that's just part of who we've been. So when we came to Spain, we just kind of thought, oh, well, this, you know, people are social. We'll just keep doing that. And what we found out was for a lot of people, that was very strange to go into someone's home unless you knew them really, really well. Now, if, you, if you're a deep, you know, close family friend, you might do it. I think part of it is the, fa- the that's just, it's a real fam. It's a family centric country. And and so the home is a is a place for the family, and and then it's then at the same time it's a it's a it's a nation of normally good weather, but a nation of uh, bars, cafes, restaurants. So people go out, uh, and they and and that's where they live. So so it's a very public place. So but you go meet your friends outside. So, but what what we found is even being countercultural and inviting people in has at first been kind of a little bit shocking, but then after a while people go, wow, I really like this. Hmm. This is great that I can come to a place and feel comfortable and taken care of and loved. So it, so, it, but you had to kind of break through and we still have to sometimes break through 
barriers with people because, you know, had people come over to our house and go, I can't believe I'm in your house. This is so weird. Um, <laughs> so, so, so once again, so it's, it's, it's hospitality isn't maybe a cultural value, but friendliness and helping and, uh, and family, family is, is huge here, you know, uh, and people love kids that people love this. It's probably one of the friendliest kid countries in the world. You can take your kid to, you know, a gourmet restaurant at 11 o'clock at night and no one bats an eye, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not sure yeah. if I, w- I would do that, but, but people love kids here and <laughs> kids, kids can do no wrong. So, um, yeah, Ioannis loved our kids and he definitely yeah, uh-huh. bonded with them and would hang out with them and talk to them and connect with them. Um, way more, I, I, th- I guess I expected him because he was a junior in high school to probably uh-huh. talk and connect more with us, but it was very much like, no, he was with, he was with the kids. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Spaniards like kids. Uh, there, I think, you know, there's also a very, a real reverence and deference to, to parents and older, you know, not saying you're older, but you know, if, if you're looking, I'm older than he is. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm, well, I mean, we get called like Papa and mama sometimes they're like, Oh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. I'm not that old, but, uh, although we were as old as one student's mother, that was a shock. Yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, that was kind of rough. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there's a real, you know, but, but kids and, and kind of going, I guess that's, that's what's interesting. Spaniards can hang out with younger people and they don't mind. Um, so if you're, if, when I was in college, I did not want to hang out with 16 year olds or 17 year olds right. or 15 year olds. Or but 18 year olds. Here, I mean, yeah. Or 18 year olds. <laughs> yeah. But here it's totally, it's like totally fine. It's just one big uh, which is another thing that we've had. We have had students bring younger siblings to events. Oh, we've had parents. We've had we've had students bring their parents to stuff, which I always think that's that's interesting. But it's just the, it's just normal. And then mm-hmm. it's your family, and and so you you just do stuff together. So hmm. and is it nice. yeah? Do they have their their friend group, kind of their cohort? In Spain, mm-hmm. like, Ioannis has this group of friends that he, it's like his people, but I can't remember the term yeah. for it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's just your, it, what, in a lot of cases, you it's your friends that you started elementary school with. Because typically you go to elementary school, the same place, the whole, people don't move around very much in Spain. So that's, that's another challenge because, you know, everything's kind of self-contained in their town or their city. Um, and they're pretty happy with it. You know, it's, it's a good life. You know, they live in a beautiful country, have great food. Uh, so they don't necessarily, they're not really always exploring to go, I wonder what's in the next town because everything's right there for them. And so they, they tend to go, the, the kids they go to junior high with, or elementary school with, they didn't, they didn't kind of all go into high school together. And then they kind of stay together through college. They might go off to different colleges, but they always come back. And those are their, that's just their, their group. Uh, that is and, really different from mm-hmm. the way it is here, especially having a yeah. middle schooler. I mean, they actually sat all the parents down at back to school night when our kids were going into the sixth grade and entering middle school and said, we just want you to know that your kids are going to get regrouped. Yeah. yeah and we yeah. weren't familiar with that term. And, and they said it's where mm-hmm. all of their friends are probably changed. 
they will probably go into yeah. high school with completely different friends. And I thought back to, yeah. to junior high and I thought, oh yeah, that did happen to me. That yeah, is, there's yeah. a term for too. it now. Yeah. 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 I never knew there was a term either, but I remember that, that was exactly what happened. It was like, you know, I mean, my friends, I, I'm pretty good friends with still with some guys from high school, but mainly it's my college friends who are, who I'm really tight with, you know, and it, and, and generally in Spain, it's, it's guys from elementary or high school that you're still, those are your guys, you know? Yeah. So how friends. does that affect, how does that cultural reality just affect your movements or people coming to Christ or I don't know, does it have an impact on it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, in the positive scale, it means if you can, as you're opening up doors, you, those doors can lead to, you know, that group or, or groups of people on, on the negative side. It means if someone isn't, you know, really looking for anything cause they've got all their buddies, mm. but it, but it does mean sometimes people have lost those friends or don't have that connection anymore. So they are looking for community. I think, I, I, but, I, but I think that's indicative of what how people become Christians, even in in Spain. What 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 we've seen is you 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 have to be intentional about that you're a Christian. You have to be intentional that the group is Christian, but you have to create a community. You have to create a, a situation, uh, and it has to be honest. It can't be you know kind of we're just creating a community, creating a community. But it has to be a place where there's a real connection, where people are really living out their faith. And so w- w- most people uh, kind of get interested and they come and they become a part of a community, but they may not, they're not a Christian or they're, they're looking, or maybe they are a Christian, but they don't really know what that means. Uh, you know, haven't really explored it. Um, maybe they have, a, you know, have faith in Jesus, but, and so they, it usually takes them, you know, a good six months to a year to kind of then kind of make a breakthrough of saying, okay, now I want to follow Jesus or now I understand this. So community, that, that, that tight knitness. Uh, people have to kind of experience that in, in either with friends or in a group or in a in a tight knit kind of group. And then um, I would say I would say here people need to kind of um, belong before they believe, as opposed as opposed to I think in America we're often we believe and then belong or maybe we you know belong in different things kind of in and out and then believe, but. But I think in Spain, for the our, our, where we've seen a lot of people become Christians is they got involved in a in a community, made friends, basically felt like they could trust uh, what these people were saying and how they were living their life, and then they'll take they'll start investigating and really looking at it seriously. So. 